The Elvis Cast with Grant Bench. Hello, and thanks for joining us. Today on The Elvis Cast, we're joined by Jerry McClafferty from Scotland, head of the Elvis Presley Film Society. We're going to hear all about the Film Society, and Jerry and I discuss Elvis's movies. But, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Grant. It's nice to be with you. Now, I've heard your name in, in the Elvis world for, for some time, and I was just showing you, actually, one of my early books that I remember buying was a thing called Elvis Presley in Hollywood. And uh, being an Elvis movie buff, it was, uh, it was just amazing. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. Well, let's start first with uh, yourself, Jerry. Where, where did you grow up, and uh, how did Elvis enter your life? Uh, let me see. Well, I, I grew up uh, where, indeed, I still I still live, really, uh, in the Glasgow in Scotland, um, and with a large family. Um, and when I was about 10, 10 years old, I, I I sort of became a bit of a film fan, even when I was that age. And I had gone to see this film, Flaming Star. Didn't know much about it. And I was so taken with it that I sat through. In those days, you had a an accompanying film, kind of B movie. And I sat through that and I watched it again. And uh, I got into a lot of trouble when I got home, only being ten years old. Uh, and I, I was—I just got hooked onto Elvis then, and I, I just saw something so charismatic about him, uh, and that remained with me. And here we are; I'm uh, over sixty years later, and. Uh, I'm still, I still have the same enthusiasm for Elvis's movies and for his career in general. So when you first saw that movie, you weren't aware that he was a, a singing star as well? Uh, I, maybe just a little because uh, I'm sort of the youngest in my family. My older uh, siblings had some records, so I probably had heard them to some degree, but I wasn't very conscious of them, uh, to be honest. So it was the, the movies that, that first got you in? Because I think I was telling you earlier, the movies was the way that I was sort of introduced to, to Elvis. So it was the same for you? Yeah, it, it really was. From that first uh, time, and very shortly after that, for some reason, I, I, I saw G.I. Blues in the cinema, which was the one before Flaming Star, but it, it, so I made the rounds again where I lived. And, and I, again, I was quite captivated just by his uh, screen presence, so it was very much to do with the movies that took me in there first. Well, later on, we'll talk about Elf, actually the, the subject of Elvis and the movies. But first, let's let's concentrate on on the film society. How, how did that come about? Yeah. Uh, it's something I always wanted to do. Back in the nineteen seventies, I used to do fairly uh, regular film shows uh, with eight millimeter film, sometimes sixteen millimeter. Uh, in Glasgow, to, to audiences of maybe around 30 or 40 people. Uh, I'd got a lot of concert film by that time. I would always show a feature film uh, as well, or sometimes a couple of feature films. And, you know, that kind of ended uh, when when Elvis died, we sort of stopped doing that. But I'd always had an idea that it would be nice to have a proper film society, just run by volunteers like myself. So uh, I have my, my great colleague, uh, Tom Shannon, uh, equally uh, a devout Elvis fan, and I came up with the idea that why don't we do this? And we sat down, got it organised. It's basically just the two of us who still run the film society. So it started in 1995, and uh, we've built up, um, you know, quite a good following. Um, we have fairly, we've not done much since the, the COVID kicked in, 
But up to then, we had pretty regular film shows, two or three a year, in a sort of nice um, surrounding. Um, and we've kept that up, and we contact people. We've produced quite a lot of our own uh, DVDs, as you know. You, you indeed have some of them. We try to highlight particular aspects of Elvis's career and make a documentary or some kind of a programming based around that. So is that the objective of the society, to not just show movies but uh, show the stories behind some of those movies and parts of his career? Very much, yes. Uh, somewhere along the way, uh, at, because of the name, the, the Film Society, I think a lot of people are under this misapprehension of thinking that we only deal with his feature films, but it's it's way beyond that. You know, we have we've done documentaries on all sorts of subjects uh, on Elvis's life, um, the time he was in Germany, uh, the history of his uh, the Gold Belt Award from the the Hilton Hotel people or the International as it was then. Uh, we've picked various subjects that don't have anything to do with his films, but we're making a film about that, and we research as much as possible, get as much video and photographic evidence as we can, and we put that together. Sometimes they can be 30 minutes, sometimes they can be 80 minutes. It just depends on the subject and uh, the depth that we go into. Well, some of the early ones were indeed you know, making of, of certain movies, and was there a reason you picked things like Jailhouse Rock and Charo? Um, I, th- I think it was just a personal tastes, and Jailhouse Rock was obviously it's the most iconic of Elvis's films. It's probably about the best known, even among say just film buffs who are not Elvis fans. So I think that was uh, a subject that was that was one that was a, a definite to do. Once we've done Charo and we've done um, Frankie and Johnny and Girls, 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 not exactly. Um, Say the the best films that Elvis ever did. Um, we we just we just picked them. They were they were kind of random, and we had material, and we thought, yeah, let let's do that. Let, let's let's just uh, cover these films. Well, we'll put details of, of of how to contact you to find out exactly what uh, DVDs are. But I, I, the ones that I really enjoyed were the ones the performer series, where you had uh, different genres. It might be blues, it might be gospel, or even the ones yeah. where where they're from rehearsal to the stage. Yeah, this is just different ideas that we came up with. Again, it was uh, Tom Shannon, my, my friend uh, and colleague, suggested the, a, a music compilation series, and we thought, yeah, well, why don't we do that? First one was just chosen, just random songs, but ever since then, there's 12 volumes of it now, and they, you're right, they all have a theme, uh, and it's just one song after another, and people really love those. They just like the idea, I think. that They all run for about, say, 60 to 70 minutes, one song after another that can contain 25, maybe even over 30 um, song sequences. Um, and it's nice to do that. We pick a different genre. As you say, we've done gospel, country, blues. Uh, the, re- the rehearsal to stage one was interesting because you're watching him you know, getting this together and then you're seeing a sort of final performance on stage. So it's nice to come up with these ideas. It's a good idea of the Film Society that you mentioned to, to talk about the fact that it's not just about the movies and one that I, I particularly watched a few times is the press conferences. I love hearing him talk and it's a shame he didn't do more. So it's great to have these all on, on one disc. Yeah, yeah, that that, that, that was one that we, we, we thought of because, you know, it was, it's all from the 1970s, starting in 1970 at Houston and taking us right through to 77. 
Um, and it, it's interesting, and we've, we've, we've put various uh, points of information about the where and the when and the why he was doing these. The New York press conference is obviously about the longest one that he ever really did in the 70s. And uh, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I wish he had done more press conferences and talked a, a bit more about his life and career. Um, it would be nice if people ask him sensible questions. And uh, he, he, he handled it very well whenever that happened. Uh, but what we have is nice, and uh, it was great to put that compilation together. Yeah, you just wish there were some from uh, you know the fifties and sixties that you could that you can view. I mean, I just love listening to to him talk, and and like you say, he's always very measured, and he, he answers the questions really, really well. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, there are you know there's the High Gardner interview and things from the nineteen fifties, but as you say, there's not really Wink Martindale, the dance party thing. There are some. But uh, they're, they're almost a wee bit more light-hearted and uh, there's not a great deal of them. It would have been wonderful if there'd have been far more of them. And that would have made an interesting uh, compilation for, for, say, the 50s. And then the 60s, there was virtually none because he just, I mean, although he would attend certain things, that he wasn't being interviewed, you know, unfortunately. Now, the, the other great one that I would recommend is the, uh, the early TV shows. It's a shame that there hasn't been an official release, but thankfully... Uh, the Film Society are keeping alive the the original fifties TV shows that that really show Elvis really before he takes off. Yeah, yeah, we you know fortunately, as I'm just so glad that they 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 survived. You know the 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 Dorsey shows like his very his very first his introduction to television and the beginning of fifty six, which was which suddenly exploded in that year. But at that point, he was just starting, and it's great. Yeah, they've survived, and we have them available. Uh, and we've shown them uh, various times at, at different film events, I, so it's uh, it's nice. Yeah, I can still remember going to see uh, This Is Elvis back in would have been what eighty one, eighty two, and you know those yeah. early TV shows came up, and it's just like, whoa, where's all this been? <laughs> I know, and to see that on a big screen was uh, quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, it's great that you got to see a lot of them in the movies because I know a lot of people that I know, you know, younger fans didn't get a chance to experience. Elvis on, on the big screen, so things like This Is Elvis, uh, That's The Way It Is when that came out, to, to see it on the yeah. big screen was just phenomenal. Uh-huh. What, what, let's talk specifically about uh, your, your new project. Uh, it was, came out uh, earlier this year. Uh, it, it's a yeah. DVD about uh, Elvis, the dramatic actor, and this is something that, that, that the, the way people look at Elvis's movies is, that, you know, your typical blue Hawaii girl happy type, but he did do a lot of dramatic work. Oh, oh he did indeed. And uh, again, that was a, that was a project, uh, a, a passion project for us. And it was something that I had started back uh, six years ago and we kicked it off. And uh, I had been writing stuff for it and researching various you know, interviews and uh, looking at the clips of other actors talking about them. And then, uh, I'm not sure why, but it, it kind of took a back seat. We were involved in other projects. But fortunately, we, we resurrected that um, a couple of years back. Did a lot of work. We worked for exclusively on that. To the, <coughs> made sure we weren't working on anything else. Uh, for 15 months we spent on it, doing uh, Tom and I, on the research and then editing all the different stuff together and we changed it uh, so many times you know we had we had a version of it and we sent it to a few people to kind of review it for us like a test review and then we changed that again uh, I, I don't mean dramatically but we did we did change it quite a bit 
Uh, it's, it's at a stage now where uh, we're, we're very happy with it. It's feature length, as you know. You have your own copy. Um, I'm really, really pleased with the, the end result of that. Um, you, you, as you probably know, we had a cinema screening in Glasgow in March, uh, you know, a, a guest screening. We invited a lot of people. There was about 60 people turned up in this nice private cinema, uh, and we had a Q&A after it for about 20 minutes and various but people seem to really, really engage with it. And uh, they asked us various questions and it turned out to be uh, a wonderful, uh, wonderful experience for us to have something like that shown uh, almost professionally. What are some of the, the scenes in, in Elvis movies that uh, really take you and show you how good a dramatic actor he could have been? Uh, I think the one that comes to mind immediately is, is in, in King Creole. I mean, King Creole is probably his greatest ever performance, and there are so many sequences in that where he just shines as a dramatic actor. The music in the film is is absolutely superb. You know, he didn't, he, he never even quite got that again. What he had in, in that, and that was only his fourth movie out of thirty one acting roles. Uh, I just I just thought that he was sensational in that film, I and mean, his dramatic acting was just you know really unbelievable. Um, and it, it, there's other there's scenes in other films like in Flaming Star. That, that's really my two favourite Elvis movies because the way he performed, uh, the, this, the singing to me almost just took a back seat uh, to his performance in, in both of those films. And Wild in the Country, uh, Kid Galahad. There's there's movies he just showed great great uh, acting ability, uh, but sadly it just wasn't developed and. He didn't push himself to, to do that, which is something all series Elvis fans never understand, why he didn't do that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at... Uh, it's hard when you look at the timeline and you see that he's made, uh, you know, Flaming Star Wild in the country, and then it's off to Blue Hawaii. What He'd be thinking, what, yeah. what's, what's going on here? Well, I, I, I actually think G.I. Blues kind of set the template, you know, um, light-hearted, fun full soundtrack of songs, uh, put them in a setting that's that's a little different each time. Uh, so they ramped that up a bit with Blue Hawaii and it became massively successful. The film was hugely successful. The soundtrack album was probably even more successful. So that was it. As far as the management were concerned, and we know who we're discussing, Colonel Parker thought this is the way to go. And we, we just don't quite grasp. Um, Elvis, obviously he enjoyed, he looked like he enjoyed making Blue Hawaii, but he could have done a dramatic film that stuck with a musical every second one or something like other actors have done. Um, but somehow he didn't, uh, he just didn't push that enough for himself. And he had enormous star power, as we know. I mean, he had, he had a lot of power in, in Hollywood. He, he could have... Uh, told people that like, I'm not accepting this, uh, show me a different script and, uh, and I'll see how, how I feel about it. And I, I believe uh, very much that he, he had the power to, to do that and he, he just didn't. He was very accepting for some reason of what was given to him. What do you think his uh, hopes were when he started making his, his movies, you know, when Love Me Tender came around? What do you think his hopes would have been? I think his, his initial hopes, going by, you know, earlier interviews, either in books or, or the odd one that we can actually see. So there's quite a few audio interviews from that period. Um, I think he his full intention was not to sing in films at all. 
that he wanted to have that as a parallel career to his recording career. Uh, say like uh, like Frank Sinatra had done. I know I know he sang in quite a lot of films, <clears throat> but but basically he just became a dramatic actor and stopped singing in films. Uh, and I think that was uh, Elvis's intention was to do that, but it it, it just wasn't given that path uh, for some obscure reason. Yeah, the the one that always interests me, you know, when you look back on history, you, know, you talked about seeing Flaming Star in the theatre. It always struck me as rather odd that they would release that not you know three or four weeks after GI Blues has come out. Why was there no clear air to promote that movie and to bring it out at Christmas time? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I guess we don't always know the machinations of uh, of uh, management, but um, I, I, I think Colonel Parker probably kind of reluctantly uh, let Elvis have the contract with 20th Century Fox for those two films because Elvis. At least at that point, he had asked for stronger material. Uh, and that's when 20th Century Fox came up with that. They gave him two um, two uh, projects, Film Star, World in the Country. I, I, I've always felt that that studio saw something different in him because they started with um, Love Me Tender. Again, four songs, but it was a very dramatic film. And I think they saw that he had that potential to, to go and do that. In the early 1970s, he was scheduled to do another dramatic film for 20th Century Fox. It was going to be called Damn Nation Walk and uh, to co-star with Mia Farrell, but it just fell flat. And I'm pretty sure that would have been a dramatic film because that's the way they saw him. Paramount and MGM, major studios, but I think they just saw him as a, as a musical performer. You know, and let's, let's work on that. Hope you'll join us again soon for more of Elvis in the movies with Jerry McLafferty. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Elvis Cast. Subscribe or follow the show on your podcast platform of choice. Just search for Elvis Cast. All the links and contact information can be found on my website, elviscast.com. If you'd like more information about this episode's special guest, check out the show notes in the description. Thanks for listening to the Elvis Cast.